0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to episode four of the Relate Able podcast. I know, look at me on screen. I look like a freaking Barbie doll. It's, uh, I think it's the zoom setting that I've put, which is touch up my appearance uh, with this lovely flamingo pink shirt. I have done more than a touch up. I've done probably what most, some of you would consider a sex sex change, but uh, I'm probably veering off topic. This has nothing to do with anything I want to talk about today. Uh, What I want to talk about today is money, money, money. That's right. Very early on in the series of the Relatable Podcast, we're going straight for the gonads with this one, in my opinion. Uh, Very sensitive topic for a lot of people. No one really talks about it, especially within our cultural context, no one really talks about personal finance. Now, there is a reason I want to talk about it, though. Uh, Three reasons specifically. Number one, I was a moron when it came to my own finances. Uh, Number two, nobody ever taught me how to manage my finances or my money. I'm going to use those words interchangeably. And so when I did learn how to do it, I was like, my gosh, why the heck did I not learn to do this sooner? Because I felt so much more relieved uh, and not just learn about it, but even act on it. So once I acted on it, I felt so much more relieved. I felt so much more empowered. And to be honest, when you actually first learn about the miracle of compound interest, you realize, God, I need some time on my side. And so the earlier you start, the better. And uh, reason number three, uh, uh, Sid, would you care to? Uh, I again?
1: think it's because you're a moron, able. You
0: exactly. You're getting the point and getting the point well, especially when we do this on the third take. Uh, oh, sorry, the second take, because my internet conked out the first time. That's right. I'm not on my own today to talk about this topic. Obviously, we need an expert. And so I do have an expert who also happens to be a friend, who also happens to be a big hedge fund manager and a wealth expert. And so I'm going to introduce him in just a bit. Okay, maybe I'm overplaying the hedge fund part. I'm hedging him in by even just saying things like that. Uh, There are other reasons also why I want to talk about this. Um, You know, most people, one of those reasons are most people don't have a plan when it comes to their money. Uh, Whether they're young or old, it doesn't depend on age. I have seen folks in their 60s and 70s just wonder where money is going to come from and when you talk to them, you realize they never really had a plan for it back in the day uh, as they navigated life and the tax season is another time we really get to see how poorly prepared people are. The second reason is in this day and age there are way too many options to make your millions. I'm not talking about those Nigerian prince scams that used to show up when we were growing up Uh, but I'm talking about things that are legitimate nowadays like cryptocurrency, NFTs which obviously is rooted in blockchain again. I mean there's just so many ways and means to make money and you know there is so much promise of millions and let me be honest if you have no foundation with regards to money basics you have no business going near these things and lots of people are messing with these things so uh, not that I'm against it but I just I I think what we would really want to address is just the framework with which people approach their money management their personal finance management. And uh, yeah th- another reason is for the longest time I was in a lot of these buckets. I wanted to make lots of money doing whatever was the fad of the season, whether it was making money through YouTube videos or uh, you know whatever was going to guarantee me like loads and loads of moolah. that's what I want and so if you find yourself relating to any one of these buckets or if you find yourself relating to me in some way then this is an episode for you and obviously with Sid's help here, whom I will introduce, what we're going to hopefully establish at the end of this conversation, which we might also have to split into three, four parts because you know, he and I tend to go down different rabbit holes. And um, But the hope is that at the end of how many of episodes this is, um, that you have a construct and you have a framework by which you can begin to develop your own, uh, what's the word? Uh, you can develop your own uh, philosophy around how money should be managed for yourself, your own relationship with it and uh, maybe you will also have a plan going forward. Uh, But first I must introduce Siddharth Menon. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said earlier, this young man is probably, so we we go to the same church and so uh, he is everybody's go-to guy when it comes to money management. I think it's probably because he's the only guy in church who does uh, financial wealth management. Uh, but with, with you know Sid, you can actually come on camera now. Uh, I want to see your face as I say these things. <laughs> Is, it,
1: yeah, uh, you know, I'm really wait. hoping for a second guy to come along so that I can split <laughs> the duties.
0: <laughs> well, so it's not because he's the only guy. But let's let, let me be honest. In my personal interactions with Sid, I have found that here's someone who's my age, uh, who 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 gets what I want. Uh, from life and has the benefit of being a professional certified financial planner. He also does work in the wealth management industry, uh, You know his clients financial advisory and wealth management industry if I'm being technical about it. He's worked there for the past six years and so uh, yeah that's as much as you need to know uh, about trusting him. Uh, as you can tell because I said so, he's an expert. Trust the man in Flamingo Pink. So Sid, welcome to The Relatable Podcast, my friend.
1: Thanks, Abel. Thanks for having me. Uh, and I think it's a great time to talk about money. <laughs> it's not too early on, maybe in your series, but I mean, considering how things have been in the last uh, year or so,
0: <laughs> this is and, the perfect time We're, about we're only in May, so we're at the start of the next fiscal year. And I, and I understand that's not a word people use either, fiscal. They use the word financial.
1: <laughs> the financial
0: year, yeah. But the professionals say fiscal, right? I, All right. really I don't know if I want to be associated with the government in this day and age, but anyway, uh, let's start at the very beginning. I think that's where we should begin. Just quick summaries of how we both viewed money growing up. I'll let you go first.
1: Oh. That's always a tough question to answer. The one thing that I always think about is so. My dad was in the army for 22 years before he retired, and the one thing that he always told me, even before I started working, when I was in school or college, asking the the money
0: stolen loot. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, he he. he Party, started man. with the fact that he started with seven hundred and fifty rupees per month as his salary in nineteen
0: seventy nine. So and wait, wait, wait. So like, since, since 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 let's let's talk in dollars as well because I feel like you know there are a few people from the U.S. listening Well, in What's today's terms, people? that would be ten, <laughs> 10 dollars. He started with ten
1: dollars. Not Mm -hmm. an hour, not a week, in a month. Of course, I mean, uh, just for inflation, it comes out to be a higher amount. But I mean, it was a constant reminder, probably just for him to ground us in the way that we view money, because I mean, to be fair, we we weren't very well off, I mean, uh, my dad retired in 2001, which is uh, quite early for people to retire from the army, he took a premature retirement. And so, I mean, the opportunities out there for a guy who's been in the army for 22 years aren't uh, Mm -hmm. I, don't, yeah. I wouldn't say there's a lot of them yeah. and but I mean he, he managed to find work and he he's always been a kind of a person who's like good at everything so he managed to get you know a job and he always he had managed to stock portfolio himself I don't know how he did it and how he got into it but just growing up I mean my view about money I would say was you know I, I always looked around people like my friends or you know people who weren't that close to me but I always had people who were well off around me yeah. so yeah, it was yeah. this circle where I always, I mean, you don't really think about these things when you made friends with people, but you, then you end up finding out about it and I'm like, oh, wow. And then you see them have things or talk you about. I mean, grow up at
0: 750 rupees a month too? You had more?
1: Yeah, we yeah, had more by the time I got to school. Luckily, <laughs> otherwise, no one be funding my education. But Very it's nice. it's funny because I mean, I mean, as, as kids, you really don't know how to think about it. But all you can focus on is the fact that people around you, who I mean, essentially should be the same humans as you, have something more than you or something more valuable, whether it's like a gaming console or whether it's like. Parents oh, having bigger dear. cars or like we had oh, a Maruti. Me I mean, we started with an ambassador and then we went to Maruti 800. And before that, there was a Chetak scooter. So we're all four of us just to sitting on it at one point. So you see where I'm coming from. I mean, it's we didn't have a lot of money. I mean, but I think you know, growing up, uh, I would just. I mean, unintentionally or inadvertently, I would just think about what others had and I didn't and it, it's probably not my parents fault because I mean, I've seen yeah. I mean, looking back right now, I can see how much they actually did to provide for us. And I mean, despite all of that, we able, me and my sister both were able to go to Ireland for our master. So which is no small thing. And you know, and that set up uh, basically, uh, for a lot of things in our future, and we're doing so much better off because of that.
0: I can tell so, from the uh, AirPods. I can tell from the airport. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we used to yeah. be more, but for now. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> I, mean, I
1: mean that's the thing, right? I mean when so at this point when I, I'm i making good money and yeah. uh, at least on a relative term, I'm making good money. I, I don't have to think about it, but it does make me uh a lot more grateful. And and I can obviously afford things that I used to look at other people around me and say, Hey, you know what, I can buy this now myself. <laughs> so it's it's great to be here, but I, I think it's important to remember where you were because it's sort of sets the and like you talk about it is, it is your money philosophy, it is your relationship with money and if I constantly am focusing on what I don't have then it's not exactly mm-hmm. uh, where I want to be.
0: Sorry to cut you off but do you find that because you grew up with less that especially maybe not today but at least maybe there was some in-between period when you were in college or whatever uh, that, that, you, that you veer to the other extreme uh, because from because where I come from, I very similar kind of a an upbringing. Uh, you know, there was money. It was not like we were poor, but I couldn't afford the PlayStation. Uh, you know, or rather let me let me say, not say I. My dad would tell me we can't afford that. Uh, but then I realized growing up, just seeing women you know, and and this is again no fault of our parents. It's what the circumstances they come from. Um, you know, my, my dad's financial situation was always an up down kind of a thing, you know, and so I, I think for, for me, when I, that uncertainty just crept into my adulthood, where I was, I veered to the extreme, and this is where my question to you is coming from, I veered to the extreme where I was very careful with money, I was very frugal with it. Like if I was given, you know, we grew up in Kuwait. So if I was given 20 KD, 20 KD is about 4000 rupees in today's value. If I was right. given 4,000 rupees, I would stretch that for eight months and 10 months and 12. Months. Like I could do it. I would just stretch it. Uh, but that was me. I veered to that extreme. Did you find yourself veering to an extreme or did you find yourself fearful around money and think I always have to make sure I have enough?
1: I mean, I think it's been more of a journey because
0: <laughs> I mean... Uh- like when I first started earning,
1: uh, I mean, it was uh, quite a small salary six years back. I mean, it, I mean, it's a good start, no doubt. But, you know, but at that point, and since I was living with my parents, I mean, you, you're sort of saving a lot of rent yeah. and expenses yeah. and everything. So you have like, you can pretty much call your entire salary your disposable income. So Wait, I wasn't you exam- so you're living with
0: your parents. You mean your parents came with you to Ireland and lived there? Like, what, what no, I like
1: mean, the- I got my first job and I came back to India.
0: Oh, you're talking about So Britain, I finished yeah. my
1: masters. yeah. So, okay. I mean, this is 2015 and I was, you know, staying uh, with my parents here in Bangalore. And okay. so, I mean, you're saving a good amount of money on rent, expenses and all of those things that, you know, right now I do pay for because I don't stay Sorry, with them Sergeant anymore. Robert.
0: Sorry, Jundro, but I think now everybody knows why you keep a beard. You just graduated in 2015. How cute Oh, you? So cute. <laughs> no, I actually graduated
1: my master's <laughs> in, <1947. laughs> in
0: 2014. Oh, 2014? <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. People are supposed to think you're a seasoned hedge fund manager in your 40s.
1: Oh, I forgot to correct you about that. I'm not a hedge fund manager, guys. Okay? So I'm not listening to anything
0: Able says.
1: And I'm, I'm and not I even know. an expert yet.
0: I know, but you are. You are an expert. That you can't doubt. I, mean, I would you say, say I have just expert, the
1: right, right amount of experience to give people the right okay. amount of advice. Let's
0: meet, let's meet there, okay? Because I have benefited from your expert advice. I know, I know. Let's right. meet there. I will agree with that.
1: Yeah, All so right. you you no, sick- Right. So, I mean, it's mostly been a journey because, I mean, from that initial mindset of, hey, look, I have my entire monthly income now to spend, yes. I have come to a, a place where, you know, basically every single rupee that we spend, that that me and my wife spend basically is categorized and
0: Know, got a name put separately
1: to on a sheet. exactly which yeah. we will come to later but the whole point is that it's been You uh, know even though I started off in this uh, wealth managements uh, industry I mean it wasn't something that just you know just because I'm working here it's something that I do yeah. but at the same time you know I mean it's always from the moment I started earning I mean I've always gotten the nudge from my parents about you know making sure that I'm always spending it carefully and obviously that that's a good mindset to have you know and I think if you hold on to that you uh, regardless of how much you make you'll actually focus a lot more on it
0: you know spending Just it the carefully fact though, that it's- spending it carefully though is is is, is very broad and'm uh, not, not dissing about say carefully,
1: but, but when they say carefully it's more from an older person mindset exactly but
0: my mom in used to always say hey you got to save. you gotta save <laughs> now when I'm like you know like for me it's it's so simple now that i understand investing a little bit right for me I'm like Yes, I got to save. But at the same time, that money is, it, it's like saying I have 10 rupees, I keep putting away one rupee. And at the end of uh, you know a year, let's say I've got totally 12 rupees put away. Now, <laughs> that's I've saved 12, but could I have grown that 12, which was just lying around somewhere to become 16? And that difference of four between 12 to 16, I did nothing there. I didn't work for right. that part. That part miraculously just grew. That's not I mean, the part. Yeah, that I mean, that's why I, to me about. my parents never spoke to right. me about
1: Delta. Exactly. I mean, that's why hindsight is always 20-20, right? I mean, you think back and you look like, oh, I could have done so much more and they could have told me so much more. But I mean, that's not how it works though. I mean, everyone comes up with a different upbringing that's and true. we somehow mold ourselves into people that we should be. And even that itself is a journey. And the, to be honest, the first thing that I bought when I got my salary was a bike that costs... Six times my monthly income. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and very uh, happily, I used my dad's credit cards and I paid him back on a monthly basis. So I didn't have to do the same thing <laughs> with my card. I mean, I didn't even have a card at that point. That's a different story. But right. I did that for a good first two years while I was just, you know, getting started with my work. And I used to just like buy a new phone and then use his card and then pay him back monthly interest-free. So,
0: you know, it's it's great to be able You're to do that. the second child, You're the second child, Yes, I am. All these second kids, man. They got no sense of responsibility. They do stupid shit <laughs> like this my sister same my sister sounds the same it's just like I don't know I veered to the extreme of being reserved so if I got if, even my first check I was just like oh no we gotta like bucket this stuff again I'm not thinking invest I'm just thinking oh we shouldn't lose this money there should be enough right. at the end of the month. Uh, versus someone like my sister who's like you I mean but again you put on your dad's credit card my sister would put on someone's debit card and say it's a gift from the lord thank you I'm lucky I didn't go to that extreme. But like I said, I mean,
1: it took me a while to get out of that because I mean, I eventually stopped doing it and I I don't do it anymore. And I don't even believe in buying stuff, which you basically pay on a monthly basis, Uh, you know, whether it's a phone, whether it's uh, a car or any of these electronic items that we constantly need need the field So, but. The point is, I mean, I think it took me about six to 12 months after I got my first job to say, hey, okay, you know what, I need to start setting aside money. One, because hey, I work in this industry, I know what people are doing, I know how it works and two, it makes sense to put aside even a little bit because that makes a lot of difference.
0: Do you find that you work in an industry with a lot of high net worth individuals, do you Mm -hmm. find that there are high net worth individuals who are horrible with their money?
1: I mean... Our job essentially is to direct high network individuals, very fairly rich people in the right direction. Okay, let, me that that, let
0: me rephrase that. Do you find that that their their personal, I mean, if you have insight into this area, do you right. find that their personal management of money is out of is out of line? Because a lot of people think my salary, you know, the size of my salary dictates how wealthy I am, or how so mm-hmm. if I earn a higher salary, I'm doing well but that's not i mean meant, i would say certainly. that's a that's
1: not true at all exactly I mean, it's not how much you make it's how much you actually have in uh, specific places yeah no, uh, I and, mean, and,
0: and that's a key point obviously we're gonna we're gonna jump into all this stuff in a bit right. but, but I- to
1: answer your question directly i mean yes we do have people i mean we do sometimes onboard clients who have had zero experience in when you say managing money putting their money in the right places which is saving in the yeah. right places we've we've yeah. ha- we've come from Uh, We have met clients or prospects who basically have money sitting in their account and these are huge sums. I mean, sitting in their bank account basically making nothing, essentially losing value the longer you keep it there and we sort of you know open their eyes to what's available out there and sometimes that is a really tough job because with how the Indian mentality is in general about um, safer heavens uh, havens you know like yeah. gold or jewelry or fixed deposit or just keeping money in your bank account i mean to open up uh people to these ideas is great because you know like you said it compound return it is the eighth wonder of the world because it takes a lot of time to realize how it works but once you do it's like magic. So I mean but the point we're is that gonna you know, have
0: to, we're gonna have to come to this, uh, we're gonna have to come to a place at some point in our conversation where we actually, we've already dropped three terms, we've dropped compound interest, uh, we've dropped stock portfolio, that's what I've been writing down. What did we drop? We dropped stock portfolio and we dropped the concept of money losing value sitting around. Now if someone's a newbie listening in on this conversation, they would have been like oh there's the word stock portfolio I've heard that before it sounds fancy what the heck does it mean you know it's like and so that's, right. so that's my hope like I mean as we veer this conversation in that direction that we would actually probably be able to unpack and demystify some of this stuff uh, for folks around us. Um, you've also kind of answered my second question which was you know where that shift happened for you uh, and, and I think just in the interest of you know my side of the coin of where I come from with regards to my money growing up. Like I said, very similar to yours, but there were these, there were many of these scenarios where I would, I, I still remember this is hilarious, but we'd be on these buses, these school buses, and my friends would be talking about how they how they went to these theme parks, right? And I'd heard enough stories from other people about these theme parks. So if they turn to me and say, Hey, well, have you ever been here? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I've been there. And then I'd be like, which ride did you go on? And I would actually quote that I, I've never been to these theme parks a day in my life. But because I've heard of other people talk about their rides, I'm like, yeah, I went on that fly simulator. I went on this and they think I've got, I was just trying to keep up because like I said, our financial situation was always up and down and I hated that. Up down, that uncertainty right. where everyone else seemed to be stable and having fun and our family alone didn't seem to be having fun in that sense. I mean we ate out a lot but outside of eating I out lot, that. And, and, that was, and that was like because the country could you know had a good eat out system if there was if that's even such a word, yeah. I, mean,
1: I mean, actually, that brings up something that I remember that I mean, eating out, I would say, <laughs> in a lot of in, in the Indian context, I would think people, I mean, now it's a different thing youngsters go out a lot. But yeah. in, let's say up, many it, years wasn't
0: back, it, yeah, wasn't it wasn't, so it wasn't
1: yeah. common. And but our, my parents you know, regardless of the fact that, okay, we weren't poor, but we had sufficient money, but we sort of made an effort to go out as a family and eat out every now and then. And that I would say is a sign of, you know, uh, just enjoying what we have I mean at the, at the end of it sure I mean you can always have this mentality of let's just keep aside money for the future but I mean if you're not enjoying it for what you have and what you've earned yourself I mean it doesn't make sense to just keep hoarding and holding. I mean shut up, right man. Way that's way not the
0: advice kids nowadays need <laughs> shut up don't talk about that
1: <laughs> there's a right way of saving and I mean you know when you say save obviously you can go into Investing, you can keep talk about being very uh, frugal, frugal with money, but yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. But the point is, I think the way you think about it really uh, defines how you actually live your life with that money yeah. in the now. Bit.
0: I think there is also we're talking about this as money, but I think it also ties into a broader construct, a broader value system, where how do you define what success and comfort look like for you? Uh, you know, I and I think. You know, for, for again, when I when I compare it to the the picture I have of my upbringing, for me, sucks. It it really came to this place where money became almost like bondage. You know, it, it, and I know bondage is an extremely strong word, so <laughs> probably let's not use the word bondage. People are thinking all kinds of things now. Sex was bondage. Uh, that is true. I took a lot of years of therapy to get out of that one, but. Uh, if you talk you about money, crutch. crutch, that's a good word, I like that. So money was this crutch right? Uh, and I think that was tied into money being the way I defined a successful comfortable life. Contentment was defined by the amount of money I had and that was well up to the age of 28 or maybe even 30, I'm 33 today. Um, so I, I, I don't want to give the wrong picture that you know i'm not disputing money's importance as even you and i talk about this i'm not disputing that and i'm not disputing what sid just pointed out which is you de- you do need to have that balance right it's not all about going frugal and all that. there's also a place for enjoying what god allows you to have and i and i know sid subscribes to the school of thought which is the money is not ours we have the ability to work we're blessed beyond from beyond uh, you know by the good lord to be able to have the health and the capability to work and earn but I think we are also called to be good uh, managers or good stewards or whatever is given to us mm-hmm. um, and so and I think if we can begin by reshaping the way we define what success looks like and how money correlates to that. I think maybe then we can work re-engineer that and then go backwards to okay so if we know that this is the picture we're working towards a healthy picture we're right. working towards then what are the things that need to fall in place for us to reach this healthy picture so i think do you have a healthy picture set that's probably the question what's that healthy picture
1: i mean i think at this point it really depends on the size of the picture i think you know for some people that picture might be bigger but if i'm being honest i mean i'm not really thinking beyond the next Three to five years and even when I started working here I mean I think a lot of times we tend to point towards how much we're earning uh, on a monthly or an annual basis and say hey this is my this is how I define my success or my worth and and I think it can be really uh tough to get away from that but I I've, I've never really I mean I think I can say I've been blessed enough and sometimes it can sound arrogant that I'm not focusing on the money despite me making a good amount but I would say that you know i've sort of tried to detach success from money just so that my focus when i just when i'm looking at my job i mean obviously we all have certain goals within our work certain targets and i think for me it's always been about you know hey i want to do better than i'm already doing and a lot of times when that doesn't happen sure i think it might be linked directly to and especially in my area of work it is linked to how much i you know how well i do is linked to how much i make but and that's where it becomes tougher but then i've always had to intentionally focus on the fact that okay you know what i don't care about that but i'd rather meet my goals and targets and then let's see what's the fruit of that success and obviously it's taken time because sure i mean i started off with a small salary six so years back if, but it's been a
0: if i can venture, take take a stab at what you're saying what you're saying is essentially you don't necessarily have a picture but at the same time, if your basic needs are met, and you have some yeah. left over for, uh, like let's say for for a moment where you want to go on a holiday, and you have the flexibility to do that that for you is 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 right. good. I mean, you're not looking for the BMW, <laughs> but you're looking for the you're looking for you're looking to not feel restricted exactly i mean i think
1: and that again comes back to how you i mean how i felt probably when i was younger is like i felt restricted just and obviously i didn't have the true picture of how what my parents are going through what was the financial situation but there was this feeling of restriction thing i I couldn't have what i saw around me and i think just to look at it in terms of saying hey you know how comfortable you feel now is probably like you said i mean you can cover your basic expenses you can cover a little bit beyond that where you can enjoy some leisurely activities on a monthly basis Speaking of which, yeah, how's that new car working out for you? Well, it's sitting in the garage. Exactly during, exactly, during, during the, the lockdown. Now. <laughs> Look at that! What right. a
0: shit investment.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean, to be uh, to be able to afford those things, and you yeah. know, and say, okay, and that's beyond my. Okay, I, I would say in certain cases, car is a necessity, But sure, I mean, I could do without one. I love how it's you said really, exactly
0: when I said, "What a shit investment!" <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it.
1: for a second half is around, it. so I would say that's way better than you know in my opinion going for a brand new one so sure, sure, sure,
0: sure. yeah yeah no, I, mean, I
1: mean I think we've been able to afford things just beyond what we really need to survive yeah sure. and I think that is important where you can okay say so yeah, I feel comfortable enough because you know I'm not like living from income to income yeah but I'm sort of enjoying what I've earned at the same time right in my opinion that's sort of the definition of comfortable along with successful.
0: Fair enough Let, I think for me right uh, I define it a little differently. Uh, for me it's number one the end goal is always I don't want to end up especially my old age without options. Um, and when I say options, I'm talking about something as basic as em- medical emergency comes up, and I am not worrying about the money in that moment. Like a simple example is, and mind you, to plan for this particular example, I needed to have begun like two years ago or three years ago. Um, a simple example is, you know, we recently had the second baby, and. Right. Uh, and, and for some reason, some category of room that my insurance doesn't cover, wasn't available. So you, you only could go higher category or you could go lower category. Uh, I didn't have to think twice. Um, now, mm. with, that, and, and, and with that being said, it's not because I had enough in my bank. <laughs> if I'm being very clear in the interest of full disclosure, a couple of years ago, I was living tech, check to check and i was faced with a similar decision i still took the highest category possible i took the, <laughs> i still took the deluxe room over then i was like jesus will pay me out you know that was that was my that was that was my logic and i and i still think whether it was that that back then where i spent all the money i had uh, obviously putting myself in an uncomfortable position or whether i'm here today either way i think the core of where I I believe my success comes from today um, doesn't have anything to do is not linked directly to how much is in my bank account or how I feel about myself today is not linked to how much is in my bank account and that that has a lot to do with my faith as well which I'm not diving into right now but um, I do believe that whether I have more or whether I have less it doesn't matter. With that said because I also believe at the same time we are still called to be responsible and faithful with the little that we have. It felt different this time. This time around, I still mm. made the same decision, but I had stuff lying around. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to not, you know, to not have to stick your hand out somewhere and say, Hey, can you can you bail me out of this? Whether it's your dad or your mom or you know, whoever else it yeah. might be a, a ben- a, and you will find someone with a good heart who will stretch their hand out probably. But Do you really want to be the person who's giving or do you want to be the person who's taking and that actually leads me to my second thing which I think for me the picture of success was always I'm able to give to people in need and that was so strong because again that comes from a place of I know what it feels like to be in want. Uh, There was a short number of years in between in my adult life where I literally lived hand to mouth, check to check. And if I made money for that month, that was good. That's the life of being a full time comedian, I guess, uh, a full time comedian who has no basis in finances. <laughs> Let me be clear. It's not because I chose comedy. There are lots of comedians making shitloads of money. I think in my case, it was I was making good money. I just never was wise with how I saved it. I lived check to check. Yes. So I think just yeah. to say that the, the, the picture is, is, is different today and I, oh, there's another reason as well which is I didn't want my kids to feel less than. The, the feeling that I went through, I don't want my kids to go through. I do want to teach, I do want to do the Gordon Ramsay right where my wife and I are sitting in business class and we say sorry you guys get economy class. Do you know he actually does that? His kids <laughs> apparently like he only buys his kids economy. He says dude I went, I went to school in the bus, you were chauffeur driven, the least I can do is teach a ass the value of money. So go sit in economy. When you're old enough, you can enjoy it I was like, of course, of course. Kavi is like, you dare. Yeah, I'd watch. feel quite
1: bummed if my parents asked me to sit in economy while they were sitting in business class. I, a bit.
0: I got a twisted sense of humor. I don't mind doing that. But at the same time, it's like, it's like, you know, Kavi says, Kavi says this all the time. Kavi's my wife, by the way. Um Kavi says this all the time. You dare do that to our children. You dare do that. I <laughs> mean, it's sort of going
1: against what you just said because I mean, the thing is to, to not right. allow them to be in a place where we were.
0: I mean, it's not I an mean, option. different. I don't mean that for them. I don't mean design, right. that. I don't want it to come from a place of my helplessness. Like, oh, uh, they're, they're yeah. helpless because I'm helpless. No, no, no. You're the choice you're
1: making it's different. Exactly. <laughs> That's because it completely depends on your money mentality. I am so freaking
0: insane. I want you to suffer. <laughs> Okay
1: that's my motto. Right. School of I mean life. I really think that I do really love how you put it you know in terms of being able to give and at the same time you know um just not having the next generation feel the way we did and I think eventually obviously consequ- subsequently uh, everyone who comes after us is hopefully going to do better than you know how we did before yeah. and yeah. I mean in both of our cases that seems to be so far and you know that the hope is that it continues that way, but I did like what you pointed out about you know what you see in your bank. And the funny thing is, to be honest, like even now, both of us having known what we know about money and how we set it aside, how we put it in good places, our bank balances are still going to be low because uh, good money, other you know, what you need is actually sitting in the right places where and you can't see it in your account. So, and you it's no, one it. thing no, you can't touch yeah. as well. Exactly. You don't have access to it. I mean, you, if you wanted to, you could take it out, but it is more of a hassle than just withdrawing money from your bank, which is great. I mean, at the end of it, I think we should have just the right amount in the bank account for your monthly stuff, but everything which is beyond the month should always be sitting somewhere, you know, where you cannot see it uh, when, when you check your account balance. So Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. What's happening, folks? I hope you enjoyed part one of this conversation I had with Sid. It's a long conversation, so I split it up into four parts. Uh, If you have any comments, do feel free to hit me up on social media at Abel Matthews Entertainment. I am available on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, of course, because hey, this is a professional conversation. And uh, yeah, on Twitter at e- Abel Matthews ENTM, although I don't really know too many people who hit me up on Twitter at all. So uh, with that said, hang on. Part two is on the way. I hope you're getting as much value out of this as I would uh, hope for you to get. I guess. I guess that's what I'm trying to say.